Welcome to the podcast, everybody. My name is Anthony D'Esposito. I'm Seth Fry. And I am Chris Gailey. And this is Death Threat Radio. Please stand by. And we're fucking live on a Saturday night. What's happening? Uptown Funk, gonna give it to you. I swear to God, dude. All day, fucking Seth has been fucking up. He keeps looking at us. He was just singing that, doing some. I don't know anything, but here's what I do know: Uptown Funk will funk you up, or whatever the fuck that song is. I'm like, just shut the fuck up. Don't believe me, just watch. (laughs) Yeah. Today is a very special day. He just serenaded that song and danced to me out front. I did. Did he really? I did. Creepy. All right, let's talk about why it's a special day. Why is it a special day? Well. Uh, for me personally, or for yeah, us for you well? personally. Go ahead. Uh, well, it's my son's second birthday today. Happy birthday, Keith! Happy and birthday. you can finally marry your life partner, right? And 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 <laughs> well, I there's can, that too. I can finally marry my life partner, which is pretty fucking cool. And and there's and something else. There is something else. What else? Here in a little bit, we're going to have. I'd say a living legend. I mean, the motherfucker is a chili pepper and a dead Kennedy. Yep. A dead chili pepper. He's a dead. He's a dead. He's a chili, a chili Kennedy. Kennedy. Is he a red hot Kennedy? <laughs> he's a red. Hot... <laughs> boy, Chris Gaylor for the win. Yeah, D H Peligro of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Dead Kennedys, and his new band Peligro is going to be in fucking, fucking studio. Rack on tour, provocateur, punk rocker. Right. D H Peligro will and, be uh, in, within the hour. We have somebody else in studio right now. Who is that? Who's this? Who's this guy? This is Pedro. It's the fucking gardener. Who right, let that Pedro. gardener in here? Who let the- Pedro, I <laughs> come to collect the check. <laughs> you have check? You have you have you have you a have check? check? A check? <laughs> you have to say check it because they would never say, say check. check. They would always be like, "Hey, do do you tienes check? Do you tienes el check? Okay, do you tienes check? Because they gotta throw you gotta throw one fucking Spanish word in there. <laughs> hey, el jefe me dijo que you tienes check? Housekeeping. Housekeeping. You want blowjob? You, you, you want me fluff pillow? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are not paying attention, that is Renee Bravo. Grenade of, the, of Bravo. the wreck of Chuck Smith and the local drunks of Ilcom. And now, fucking around with Friend of the Devil, too. How many bands are you going to play in, bro? Um, I have a six limit. Yeah, you have a six, six band, band limit? limit. Are you just hash marking on your arm, little tattoos, little hash marks? <laughs> So Renee Bravo's with us because Renee is a an avid drummer, right? You are a percussion genius. I would like to think so. You, he yes. would like to think. Yeah, so. he's okay. He's yeah, all right. He's all right. He, he does pretty good. Be better. I, I'll say this for him. Here's what I'll say, and this will be the final word on Renee Bravo. Okay. He doesn't suck. He does not suck. <laughs> right. He doesn't suck. That so we have Renee lot. here because DH Peligro does not actually play the drums in his current band, but it was the drummer for the Dead Kennedys, and uh, so we wanted to get a drummer's perspective, so we brought Renee in to talk about drummer. Right. Drumming stuff. Drumming. And plus, he's our friend, and we stuff. like having him. He's also him our friend, and we like having him here. Here, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And he's wicked like smart. Wicked, wicked smart. He's wicked smart. Wicked smart. My boy's wicked Wic- smart. Wikipedia smart. He's wicked smart. Wicked mm. smart. Hey, you like apples? I got a number. How about them apples? How about them apples? <laughs> so lots of. Before we get to DH Peligro, okay. right, which is going to be fucking epic, right? Regardless, it's going to be epic. But before we get there, tons and tons of shit happened this week. It's been a busy in, fucking week it, in the yes. U.S. of A. It is fucking an absolute a. win for President Obama. He has definitely made some fucking serious well, wins this week and losses, but. But let's. What, what, do you, what do you mean? What losses? Well, I mean, yeah, some wins, he did but good on this. The TPP is not a loss for him, bro. No, it's not a loss here. for him. It's a loss for the. Rest it might be of a loss country. for everybody else, <laughs> right. but he still won. Is yeah, what no, I'm saying. So, what win. did he win? Okay, the first thing that he won is that 
uh, Obamacare or the Affordable Health Care Act. Stop right. calling yes. it Obamacare. It's not Affordable fucking Obamacare. Affordable Health Care Act, yeah. Has been deemed constitutional by right. the Supreme Court of the United States. Yes. So it will not be repealed. You can't fucking avoid it. You're not allowed to opt in or opt out of it as a state. It is the law of the land. And now everybody should be able to have some affordable health care. All right, which I think is a win. Let's I'll give fucking I'll give one of these. Yay. That's a win for me. I'm I gotta tell you, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think we should have had a single payer program. I think once single payer left the table, we should have stopped talking about health care. Right. But maybe this was a push in the right direction and it and it gets us to where, yes, the government can have some say so in some of this large business stuff, and so hopefully that pushes us closer and closer to a single payer right. later on, right? We're always setting precedents. Yeah, you gotta to start do. somewhere. It's Bottom a stepping line. stone. It's a stepping stone. Yeah. So that's a good thing. The other thing uh, is that first I want to talk about gay marriage, okay? okay? Now, is that a win for Obama? Uh, well, it's a win for, for homosexuals or gays or it's a lesbians win. It's or a win for fucking straight people. It's a win for everybody. Everybody with, like, uh, a conscience or that cares about people. I find it to be a win for humanity, Right, there, there we right? go. That's what I was looking for. You know, because they, they've been able to, the, the Supreme Court ruled well, two days ago? Uh, day yes, before two, yesterday, yeah, two yeah. Days. day before yesterday, that it is now legal in all fifty states to marry a same-sex partner. That's right. Which let's fucking yay. Now, do we agree with that? Yes. Everybody at the table agrees. Yes, with that, right. I do. Nobody yeah. here. Yes. We don't have any fucking bigots in the room, right? No. God, someday I'll get to use my kung fu. Well, one day. <laughs> here's the problem: is that we know people who have who have a dissenting voices, right? Who would who do, do not agree with us on most things, and we're like. And some of them are kind of friends of ours, or people we know. And we're like, hey, you want to come into the studio and sit down and talk? And with they us? always say no. 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 Here's the thing: why is it that people only want to battle with me politically on Facebook? Well, that's because you're not within arm's reach on Facebook. <laughs> that's possible, but I'm not going to beat you. You come to the fucking podcast, I'm not beating you up. I right. promise. Okay, I'll put that out right now. As long as you don't put your dick in my face, try and fuck my old lady, or steal any of my shit, I will not beat you up if you come to see right. the podcast. Yeah. I promise well, you that, dude. Nobody, you know, no, nobody wants to come and sit down and get made a fool of, and maybe they think that's what's going to happen. Well, I don't know if that's what they think because usually the responses on Facebook are, well, "What's the matter? Facts don't line up with your fucking your rationale. You can't you can't right. get in down with facts." You know what I mean? So I don't know, but I think that uh, finally we are making some big steps towards actual equality in America. Yeah, right? it's a it's a big moment. It's a big day. Um, it's a win, man. That's a really big win, and I think that the that uh, people across the nation are finally going hell yeah. Like you look at uh, Facebook, man. You open up Facebook this morning, and it was like a rainbow shooting you in the fucking face. Like yeah. everyone is stoked about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I'm stoked. I mean, I called my sister. My sister's been out for a very, very long time. She's right. married, uh, she is legally married to a woman. She got married to a woman in California uh, a couple of years ago, maybe like a year and a half or two years ago. Uh huh. And she's doing the ceremony and all that stuff in August. So I'll be going up there to do that. Nice. And I called her first thing in the morning and said, did you see what's on, you know, cause as soon as I got up, it was boom, gay marriage has been, you know, right. legalized. The big thing is it's, it's really a win on our constitutional rights. So for all the fucking people out there who disagree with this, they're fucking just stupid asses because they're all, they're the first ones that are going to stand up for the constitution, but yet they're going to turn this shit down. But this is a constitutional right and they can go fuck themselves. How is it constitutional? <laughs> It's the Constitution doesn't really make any mention. Of no, it doesn't make any mention of like marriage or gay marriage or anything like that. But it, there are mentions in there of you know we have our own equal free, protection equal, under the law. Yeah, exactly. that's the Fourteenth oh, Amendment. Liberty. Yeah. Not not just that, but bottom line, liberty. Liberty. Yeah, you can't. Um, you know, it's the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, no, I agree. It yeah. is the pursuit of happiness. Um, and you, know, you I, can't. You cannot deny people their happiness. You got it's. It's in the Constitution. Yeah. 
And it is their pursuit of happiness. And I've always kind of wondered, why the fuck do you care who people have sex with? What do you give a shit? You know what I mean? I was talking to a guy, a, a guy I respect, you know, and he was telling me, he's like, well, I just disagree with the calling it marriage. Can't you just call it something else? And I, I don't understand. Me what, neither. What's the difference? Because the definition of marriage, Renee was talking earlier, he got in an argument with some friends about, uh, or some coworkers or something, somebody about, uh, they were arguing the definition of marriage is man and woman. Right. So now we're arguing over this definition, which has nothing to do with the subject at all, right? It has well, nothing to do with the topic. The, the picture's way bigger than that. It's and way the, bigger. And how can you tell me that two guys or two chicks getting married is somehow like a disrespect to marriage when you can when you have all these movie stars and everyone going and get married for fucking two days and right, right. get divorced or you know I mean like, or been married twenty fucking times. Right. Like how is that any worse than? Then what's going on? Like, fuck you. Well, it's it, not any worse. Not. And the Supreme Court, the highest fucking court just in the said land, it wasn't. just said that gays can get married. And I think, you know. So that's pretty fucking cool. I feel like something is happening where the country is turning a little bit uh, towards, you know, saying, all right, we're not going to argue anymore. Let's let's get down to business and fucking let's, well, uh, you know, adjudicate this issue. Let's do it. Let's take it to the Supreme Court yep. and let's fucking talk about it and let's make a ruling and then move on from it. Right. And that's the first thing that happened this week was gay marriage, right? But actually, it's the second thing. They kind of happened at the same time. Simultaneously. The other thing that happened is the Confederate flag, right? Right. Has come under fire big time. Now, that's as a result of what? Well, there was a church shooting where a skinny little white dude walked into a a historically black church. Not even going to mention his name. Yeah, and no, fuck him. And he shot... Uh, nine people. Little he killed nine people, fuck, right? Punk motherfucker. And so he had. Fuck, uh, like, give me five minutes know, with that dude. motherfucker, dude. He was big into the Confederate flag. I get flag. a blowtorch and a fucking pair of pliers and go I'm to work on that evil motherfucker. On his ass. Yeah. <laughs> he was into the Confederate flag. You know, he had it on the um, his license plate thing. I saw that, and he had a, a soda patch under his jacket. And so a people, flag too. Yeah, people started saying, "Hey, man, this is kind of fucked up. That this is this guy's symbol, and it's on." Uh, the state house. Yeah. You know, and so it causes. Sa- you're talking about the South Carolina state South Carolina house. It flies over the South Carolina state house. Right. It flies state. over the South state house. And it's on the flag for Mississippi, right? Um, it's part of the flag. It's part of the flag. It's the corner of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, let's talk about what the flag actually is, okay? Because it's not the flag of the Confederacy. The, no, it's it, not. They call it colloquially, colloquially, how do you say it, dude? You're going to ask me? <laughs> Come on, stutterers. You're going to ask me? Colloquially. 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 I said it. I got it. Okay. Colloquially. It is referred to as Ahoy the hoy. stars and bars. Right. right. It's not actually the stars and bars. If you look at what the stars and bars really is, it has a small field in the corner the way that the American flag has now, right? right. With a circle of stars, and then it has red and white bars, right? So that's really the stars and bars. They call it the stars and bars now, but really what that flag was was a battle flag of the Army of Northern Virginia. Right. So it wasn't even really a, the, the flag of the Confederacy, right? And it it didn't fly after the Civil Civil War. You never really saw that flag until 1948, okay, when the Dixiecrats used it to run for for president, right? They right. used the flag as a, a symbol of Southern pride, right? Right. So they used it as a symbol of Southern pride. But at the same time that they're using it as a, as a symbol of Southern pride, so too are the Ku Klux Klan using it in their their marching with this flag, this Southern flag, as right? a symbol of fear and hate. as a symbol of fear and hate, right? So here's the question I have for each one of you, and I want you guys to answer this individually, all right? And don't worry about political views, what you how you want to come off. Just answer the question fucking straight up. No, okay? I will. When you see the the what we will consider, we'll call it the Confederate flag, even though it's not. What do you think of? Uh, when I see it, I think of fucking Klansmen. You think I, of Klansmen? I, I think of Klansmen. It's a, that, that's their symbol. That's, you know, I mean, I think of, 
uh, uh, Johnny Rebel songs. Okay. You know, like that 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 old racist country yeah. Johnny Rebel guy, the one that like everyone confuses for David Allen Coe, but he's not David Allen Coe. Um, well, there's actually a conspiracy theory that he is David Allen right, Coe. Right, but, but his, okay. His, but his voice is totally different. But uh, that's what I think of. I think of the Klukas Klan. I think of, of people that hate black people. All right. Chris, when you see that flag, what's the thought that comes to mind? You know, originally I used to just think of it as uh, a flag that symbolized rebellion. And that was a long time ago for reasons I don't want to get into. But um, after, you know, kind of doing my own little research, I started to understand what it really meant and the times that it actually really started showing up and being waved around. And it it, it straight up stands for racism and hatred. Racism and hatred. Yeah. So you used to think of it as rebellion, but now you view it as racism. Yeah, it, in my, my youth and my ignorance, I, I just thought of it as something that was a symbol of rebellion and, and uh, yeah, just rebellion. I mean, that's a good government. argument, and that's what I'm hearing a lot of, right? right? This is a symbol of rebellion, it's a symbol of this, it's a symbol of that. But the rebellion that they're talking about is the South rebelling against the United States of America, yeah, also no. known yeah. as the Union, right? Yeah, you're right. And, and like I said... Um, I didn't think of it like that type of rebellion, right? Even though that's what it actually really meant, but I wasn't—I didn't categorize it that way until I really started getting into the history of it and finding out. Oh, well, that's fucking stupid of me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Renee Bravo, what about you? What do you think of when you see the Confederate flag? Um. Well, I'm not really give a shit about flags, but um, like to me, it really represents. It's it's a symbol. It's 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 a flag, but it's a symbol that the Confederacy made to protect a um, economic system that was driven by slavery. Driven by slavery. Yes. Okay. That's what it. So you're willing to admit that the system that it's protecting was driven by slavery. So it is a symbol econ- of yeah. slavery, is it, it not? It was an economic system. Okay. Because there's nothing better than free labor, right? Right. So a lot of these big uh, plantation owners, you know, they were the high dogs. You know, they got money and they put all this stuff together, and they needed a flag. To, I mean, even if there wasn't a flag or if it was a different flag, the whole point of them going and rebelling against their own country was to protect the economic system that was of course. an economic system that was flat out slave driven. And it makes right. perfect sense. Here's the deal. If you were, and I think we can all probably agree on, the, on this issue, if we were southern plantation owners, right? Mm-hmm. And you, they told you, okay, you've been running your plantation with essentially free labor, right? Right. Not free. It's not free. The sla- even slavery wasn't free. They had to. No, they, they purchased slaves. They had to take care of slaves. They did all that stuff. But if if I said to you, you've had free labor for this giant plantation for right. cotton for years, right? Now that's going to be illegal. You're going to have to pay them, right? You would stand up and say, "Fuck that! I'm I'm fighting against that," right? Right. Because human rights wasn't. You're absolutely right, Renee. It was. Viewed as an economic problem, we didn't. There was no human rights violation. No. Nobody gave a shit about human rights. No, we did. You know, if you look at the Five Eighths Compromise or or any of that, yeah. like it, it wasn't. It, Three no. It, Three well, and honestly, too, in the North, blacks weren't treated. No, no, like no. The they're not. They're still either. not treated properly today, no, man. Fuck no. Yeah. 
You know, and, and here's the the main issue is this. I don't give a shit if you say the flag is is a symbol of the South and it's all about Southern pride. You have to place yourself in other people's shoes in this country. And not enough people are fucking willing to do that, right? Yeah. We fight from our own platform, from our own position, and we say, this is what I believe and it's all that matters. You, That's not fucking how the world works. You have to be able to apply some empathy and sit in those that person's shoes and say, no, you know what the reality is? The reality is, if I'm a black man in the South, every time I see that fucking flag, I think this is an area and these people their ancestors fought to make sure that we remain slaves, that we were not people, that we were, you know, property, we, property, right? And that's the reality of what that flag stands for. Either way you slice it, that's what it stands for. So, I mean, <laughs> should it fly above the the South Carolina State House? No, no, <coughs> no. It Fuck shouldn't no. fly on it's any governing properties. Period. Public, 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 public governing properties. Yeah, that's that's my thought on it. Like, if you don't like black people. If you if or if you think the flag is a symbol of your rebellion or whatever it is, if you want to fly that on your house or put it on the back of your car or wear the belt buckle or get it tattooed on you or whatever, that's your freedom of expression. I may disagree with it, but you have the right to do it. Yeah, yeah, you that's know? how I feel too as well. And that's it. And that's it. Uh, what's that saying? Uh, like I may disagree with w- what you say, but I will. But I will fight for your your, your rights. But do I it. will yeah. fight f- fight to the death for your right to say it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's true. If if you believe in that shit and that's what you're about, then rock it, man. Do your thing. Don't do it in secret, you yeah, know. Right. Rock it out in public. But um, eh, but for the state to do it, the state does not have free speech. No. You know. And why are you flying a flag that's associated with an uprising against the government yeah, yeah, on against, government against buildings? civil rights? You know. Yeah, for sure, against civil rights. You know. But here's the thing, man. <laughs> Fucking here's the deal. Here's the straight up deal. What is the Have deal? Have you ever known anybody to rock one of those flags who was not an ignorant, bigoted motherfucker? God. Give me an honest answer. Have you ever known anybody to be like, and I'm not talking about in the last two days because a lot of white boys are coming out in the last two days. A bunch of Southern guys, right? Right. Guys from the South, guys who play country music, all that shit. They're like, that's a symbol of art. They're I, not even from the South. They live here in California. No, yeah. <laughs> Some of them are. <laughs> it's a different South, right? Southern California, man. That's hey, the fly, South, fly bro. the Mexican flag, Different man. South. <laughs> different Sur. South. Estamos en Sur. <laughs> Sureños. No, listen. The, the fucking the different kind of Southerners. <laughs> right, right. different Southerners. I've never known anybody to, to fucking really rep and support that flag who was not a bigot, dude. No. In the last couple of days, people are posting in there that it's become their fucking profile pic and all right. this bullshit. You know what I mean? Come on. You're a down-home Southern boy? No, that flag, when you fly, it says, I'm white, and that's fucking cool, right? right? And it makes me better than you. And it doesn't make you better than fucking anybody, no. man. And that flag shouldn't fly on every fucking street corner across the fucking south. No. And it does. It's all over the fucking place. Well, it's not just on the state house. No. People fly that shit everywhere. And if I'm a black guy driving down the street, and I'm looking around going, these motherfuckers, this many years later, still fly the flag of people who fought to keep me a slave. Right. No wonder, you know, you were saying, no wonder they're pissed off, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, well, like I'll, I'll give an example, you know, like, like you were saying, I don't think that flag should be flown in public places. Uh, put yourself in the shoes of a, of a black father taking, yeah. living over there in the South, taking his little boy, his little girl to the park. Yeah. And there it is. There's a flag or there's a statue of a fucking racist. Yeah, Southern you know? fucking slave owner. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. And your kid's asking, who's that, dad? And then you have to tell them, well, this is this man that pretty much held us down, didn't want us to have equal rights, didn't want us, you know, and you can go on and on and on about it. 
these kids are going to come up and growing up with a very jaded av- uh um a very jaded view about this country. Yeah. Yep. You know? and, and it's not going to get any better because you're going to get pulled over by redneck white cops who probably have that flag on the back of their fucking truck. Right. You, you know, I mean, it's a systemic problem. The flag needs to go the fuck away. The Germans did it right. The Germans said, check it out. The Nazis are gone. You don't fucking fly a Nazi flag or yep. we arrest your ass. Yeah, That's you don't it. talk about it's it. It's over. Either. You don't talk about it. You don't have any Nazi fucking propaganda. No right. paraphernalia. Don't do a Sieg Heil in public. We'll arrest your ass. It's not okay. Because they saw this was a time in their history that they are not proud of. Right. Why are we not proud of this time in our history? You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, slavery is a black eye on America. Oh, fuck It's yeah. a black eye on America. And it's what, I mean, economically, it drove the South and it, it made a lot of progress, right? Right. But it is a black eye. And we need to say this is not okay anymore. And don't stand up and say that shit anymore. You know what I mean? And, and of course, we live in a country where the laws are a little bit different. Our constitution is different. I'm not going to be able to ever stop somebody from flying that flag. But it shouldn't fly over the fucking state house. No, it shouldn't. No, that, it shouldn't. That, that should be hanging. If you believe in that, you want to hang it up in your house, go for it. Either that or fucking put it in the, in the, in the, in the fucking museum where it, where, it, where it belongs. Yeah, it's where it belongs. We're not trying to erase history. No. I don't want I don't want that the, all them flags to be destroyed. I don't. There's a place and time for this fucking things, and there's a place now. Put it in the museum. This is history. Yeah, exactly. Teach people about it. That's great. But don't be flying it like it's fucking back in the Civil War days. Like, oh, this is what we want again. That's what you're telling people. I'm going to put this on the, on the state capitol because you're pretty much telling we really want stuff like it used to be. Well, so, yeah, you're right. And here's the thing: it usually that flag usually comes with a slogan. Okay. Yeah. When you put with sticker bumper stickers of that flag, the slogan underneath it usually says "The South will rise nice. again." Yeah, I that you do see right. A lot. That's the fucking or, slogan or, you pair with that. Shit. Or it says "Southern Pride," yeah, Southern, and, which pride. means but, the same fucking thing. But the South the, will rise again. The South will rise again has a very real statement to it. Like they were saying that right after the war, the South will rise again, meaning we're gonna rise again and we're gonna beat back the people from the North. The war of northern the aggression. The war of northern aggression, and we Fucking are going to re- and we are going to reinstitute Wisconsin slavery. Yeah, that's you know, what they want. That's I, what I they're know. saying, and, and it's so, not what they want today. But I mean, you've got to open your eyes, man. You've got to have empathy for somebody else. Hey, there's people on Facebook that say this is not a racist flag. Are you? F- Fucking kidding yeah, me. No, right. see, that's the thing. That, what are you talking about? You're just lying. Every person that I seen these when 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 blacks in Alabama had to march down the street, they were met by angry mobs flying these flags. Yeah. Right. And they were beat down by those people. That's right. And when and when um uh and when the South rose against the North, they flew that flag. Yeah, no matter if it was because it was made to uh differentiate the two sides or whatever. But that flag was made because well, they were trying to protect the way you can't you can't put your beliefs on me. Well, slavery is bad. Well, too bad we want it. Yeah, that's I mean, what you know. That's here's the thing. You know what I love? Say it's not racist. It is racist. It is fucking definitely racist. My favorite thing is like I, I saw a couple of Republican uh, like pundits, different guys post flags, black guys flying the flag. Did right, you see these? Right. Right? I yeah, did. No, so, I okay. these guys. All right. So your argument is you found four Uncle Tom motherfuckers to, f- to hold this flag, dude, right? <laughs> and now you want to fucking act like every black guy is like, no, we're cool with that flag. I no, know. they're not cool with that flag. Just because you found two guys to hold that fucking flag for a couple hundred bucks does not right. mean that it's fucking cool. And you know when you got that black dude holding that flag all dressed up in the fucking the Confederate symbols, you know, and I'm going to say it, there's some redneck 
fucking black hate motherfucker sitting there going, see right there? That's a good nigger right there. Uh, see? You know what and, I mean? And you know what? You found the one or two guys who yeah, are willing to who sell are willing out their to bullshit. Fucking do that. Yeah, who are willing to do that. And then you're going to post that shit. You notice. And saying that's the, all the population. See? <laughs> yeah, right. right. Yeah. You want to know how blacks feel about fucking being oppressed? Go check out Baltimore, right. motherfucker. Because that's them. how they feel. They, they do not, they're not standing in the sunlight waving the stars and bars. No, feeling no. Pride for the South. <laughs> you found three douchebags who were willing to fucking do that, and now you're gonna blast it all over Facebook. I know. You know, I really wish the dude from Arkansas toothpick, Michael, right? Mike wanted to come in to talk about this shit because he's one of the big supporters of the fucking Confederate right. flag, right? And I told him, I said, you need to come in and fucking talk about this on the show, man, because I've got some opinions, but I'd like to hear what he has to say. I would really like to hear somebody that I genuinely like as a human being right. sit down and defend that flag. To I me. would like to hear someone who's intelligent and knows what they're talking about and has well thought out reasoned responses to our questions and can sit down and present a good case for why you're for waving the quote unquote Confederate flag. See, that's I would a, that... I would love to see that happen because to me, there are no well thought out reasons for it. It's just a bunch of bullshit and it's Well the only well thought out reason is to lie and say that it's not a racist flag. Right. If well, you believe no, that, no, 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 then no, no, it makes no, no, it okay. No, no, no. Right? Now there are people out there and I'm sure of it that don't really know the true history of the flag in kind of think of it like maybe I thought in the past and they don't really truly understand the meaning of it and that's why they're up in arms about getting rid of it like they haven't taken the time to look up the history I know there's people out there like that because we have those kind of ignorant people in this world they're probably not racist at all have no really no know. thought. They just really don't understand it Listen, and no history of most it. Most people are stupid. That's just the bottom line. But here's the <laughs> fucking truth. All right? I'm in Hot Topic like last uh, couple months ago, right? And I'm looking for a new t-shirt. I hate that. Okay? Right. I, well, I only go there for concert t-shirts, and now I don't go there for concert t-shirts anymore. I'll just go to Amazon. It's way easier. You could have said out of the store, you know? No. Well, that's where I was, secret. bro. It's where I was. It's so pretty, I'm standing pretty. there. I'm looking at all the shirts. And of course, everything is not what he I like. He went there for his gimp out. Now it's like <laughs> fucking... Uh, uh, you know, Black Veil Brides and Asking Alexandria. I'm like, I don't know who right. these fucking bands are, right? So I'm standing there, and the, the one of the cool shirts they had, my brother, when I was a kid, his best friend had a huge poster on the wall of the Trooper. Do you right. Remember Iron Maiden's yeah. Trooper, yeah. right? And it's the Confederate fucking, he's pushing up the Confederate flag, or one of them he's pushing the Confederate flag, and another one he's pushing uh, the Union flag, right? right There's right. two different ones. But the the shirt that they have is him pushing the Confederate flag up, and it's Eddie, you know what I mean? Eddie yeah. in the fucking, yeah. in the old getup, right? right. I'm like, that's fucking, dude, that reminds me of being a kid. That's a badass shirt, right? And I got it in my hand, and I go, I would never wear something with the Confederate flag on it. Right. And I put it back, right? Now, I know that proves to me what that that's what I think of that flag. You know what I mean? I look at that flag and I go, "That's racism. That I can't have yeah. that because that's fucking racism." I've never rocked one, and because it to me, it's a symbol of an ideology. It's a symbol of an ideology. I will not a, cut that, brother. No, you shouldn't. And a belief system that I don't believe in. Yeah, you know, I don't believe in it, and and moreover, I believe the opposite of that. You know, like you can tell me that it's for Southern pride and all this and that, but when you say Southern pride. What I hear is slavery culture, and I guess that's unfortunate you know? for people for people from the South that, that that's what we think of. You know what right. I mean? But that's but what the rest of the country thinks. That's of. that's what I think of is Mississippi burning. Yeah. Yes. You know, right. I think of I think of the fucking Lynching KKK and people being hung and people being dragged behind cars. Yeah. And this is not shit. 
you know, we want to believe, and I want to believe as a uh, progressive, right? I guess I'll label myself progressive today. As a progressive, I want to believe that we're moving forward, right? That we're right. living in a mostly post-racial America, right? We thought we were. You know, eight years ago, we elected a black president. So we think, you know what, big man? Move. Big move. This is a big move. We're getting past the race issue in this country. But this bullheaded fucking douchebag who just shot up the... Uh, the church, he walks in there with an apartheid flag on one side and a fucking and a and a, a Confederate flag on the other. Right. So you tell me it's not a symbol of hate. Listen, some things get co-opted. They get taken by by hate groups, right? right. The swastika is not a uh, a symbol of hate. That, that's it's a, an ancient symbol. It's an right? ancient and that's one of the arguments I'm hearing on Facebook is like, what about the swastika? Here's the deal. Once a hate group takes something for their own, it fucking belongs to them. Right. You know what I mean? If that's what the, the common person looks at that and says, that's what I think of that. You know, I struggled with this growing up because I fancied myself a skinhead, but I never fancied myself a white power skinhead. Right. You know what I mean? I was a skinhead and I got, I hung out with like the black triangle punks and skinhead gangs that were into, to oi music and they, you know, they had unity. black members and yeah, they were two tone unity skins, oi skins, you know what I mean? And it was right. a different thing. And I struggled the whole time trying to convince other people. You know, you'd roll up somewhere and you're wearing your fucking docks with red laces and you got a, a shaved head and they go, what's up? White, you're fucking, you white power or what? And they get in your face and then you got to have some big history discussion with them about right. how, no man, actually skinheadism has nothing to do with white power and that was taken over when it got to America and the fucking, the neo-Nazi movement and then that spread to, you know, it's like, now I have to have this big long discussion. And then suddenly I realized, dude, I don't want to be a skinhead because everybody thinks I'm a racist. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, right. once it's, it's been sad. co-opted, you're fucked. That's, that's just the way it is. That's exactly why I stopped well, wearing Dr. Martens, man. Oh, well, Dr. Martin. What's his name? Not the doctor. Dr. Martin. Dr. Martin. You're not on a first-name no, basis Dr. Dr. Martin? Dr. Martin? Dr. Martin? Doc. You can just go with Doc. Doc. Code blue, Dr. Martin. He's Dr. pretty We need you in the ER. That's the thing. And, you know, and, and it's funny because that's going to dovetail nicely into the conversation we're going to have with D.H. Peligro because he grew, he came up in right. a punk rock scene during those years where... It was the schism that was going on where you had Nazis showing up to the shows. You know what I mean? I read that, that book by, uh, Noah Levine, the, uh, the Dharma punks. Right. And in, in his book, he talks about how in the scene where he was at, there were the white power guys. You know what I mean? They were like the brown shirt Nazis. And then there were like gutter punks. You know what right. I mean? And that, he said those guys caused problems all the time. They were I got a alcoholics who liked to fight. I got a question for you guys about punk rock in that whole ordeal. Yeah. Do you think because the immense amount of the racist Nazi ass punk motherfuckers that attracted to punk rock music is what kind of held punk rock music down and didn't really put it into mainstream? I think the lack of talent held down a lot of punk rock. You got to remember, in that time, you didn't have to fucking be a good musician. You no, just had to have aggression. Meant, it was never meant to be mainstream. No, it wasn't. And, and, and it was never meant to be racist. Uh, that's Oh, I know. I, no, yeah, exactly. you know I think that punk rock captures a very short period of time in your life where you feel angst on such a level you know what i mean that that nothing else seems to fit you know you're 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 confused about the world you're starting to look around when you're a young teenager in your early 20s you're starting to look around and realize that that things are fucked up and you really don't have any outlet for that and then you turn on something like the dead kennedys or fear or the vandals or something and you go fuck this is exactly how i feel right. and they're saying it exactly how i feel and then you go to a show right and you're angry and you hear the music and you're like everybody else is angry and then you look in the pit and everybody's beating the shit out of each other and you're going this is where i belong you know what right. i mean you jump in that pit and you get rid of that aggression and you it, it's a safe place to do it most of the time. You know what I mean? And it's an I think, outlet. Uh, it's an outlet. And I think that's what punk rock captures. And I think that that anger, right, 
that most that kind of subsides in most of us stays with racists. You know what I mean? And so yeah. they're attracted to that, you know? Right. And, and I, how many shows have I been kicked out of for beating up Nazis, dude? You know, clobbering that dude at uh, the Whiskey at Go Go. That was the best Right shit into ever. the fucking I beam that holds up the second floor. And you hear, over the band, you heard, dong. And the fucking dude just dropped. And they dragged me outside. What the fuck, man? You're fighting. And, you know, and I said, look, man. And it was a giant black bouncer, dude. Yeah, I remember. Right? He was like six foot five. And he looked at me. He goes, what'd you do that for? I said, because he's a fucking Nazi. I was really pissed off, right? And the manager comes out and goes, he's a Nazi? I said, yeah. Said, we'll throw him out. Have a nice night. Nice. And they let me back in. The, <laughs> the fucking bouncer shook my hand and shit. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I but remember. That was fun night. We yeah. had to fight against that because that was a culture that was trying to take it over. You know what I mean? And they, most, they in a large part, succeeded. You know, they took over a lot of shit. You know what I mean? When, when you go see certain bands, that's what you think, you know, you're going to see boneheads everywhere. Right. Look what happened to Inland Invasion. It was, what, fucking almost 10 years ago now? Yeah. Almost that's 10 years long, ago. Long fucking all it took was five or six boneheads in the middle of the pit. Cox Bar is playing. Yeah. And they fucking throw the Sieg Heil and all hell broke loose. Right. Man, you know, because they've been trying to steal our shit for years. Dude. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Yeah. No. And and he's going to have a have an inside view of it that that is different because not only did he come up in that scene, but he is a black dude. And so his um he's going to yeah. ha- have experienced both the racism and the acceptance uh, first hands. So I'm curious to what he has to say, and I'm really looking forward to him being in here, which will be any fucking minute now. Any so. minute now. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and we're going to hang out, and when we come back, it'll be DH motherfucking Peligro. Boom. In the house. Don't believe me, just watch. God damn bitch, you fucking asshole. This is DH Peligro, and you're listening to Death Threat Radio. And we are live in studio with D.H. Peligro from the Dead Kennedys and Red Hot Chili Peppers and his new band, Peligro. And we have Santi with us and Ra from the new band, right? Yeah. How you guys doing? How's it going, D.H.? Good, good, man. I'm good. It was a long drive to get out here, but uh, we made it. We survived <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, we, we call we this the armpit it. of California. We're, yeah, we're yeah, way yeah. out in the armpit. Yeah, I, I, I can smell it. I smell <laughs> it. I can smell it. I'm, uh, Welcome. <laughs> and I'm thirsty. You're thirsty? There's some water right in front of you there. You can have some water, whatever, whatever you need. So uh, we're we're super excited to have you here. We were just talking a little bit before you came in about uh, about early punk rock and the scene in L.A. and and uh, it's it's exciting for us to have you here because I'm a Dead Kennedys fan. I'm an old old school punk rocker, even though I come from a generation that almost missed the boat, right? So I grew up in not like quite, though. I, not, not quite, quite, but I grew up in the early '90s, and and we were kind of losing the some of the scene. The the it definitely wasn't the '80s scene anymore. And, it kind of uh, changed. I was doing an, uh, a book reading earlier today over in Malibu. Showed you how far I had to come just to get here. Yeah. Um, but um, we were talking about um the early the screamers, like the very like the mask. I'm mean, I'm talking about 1977. Yeah. 1978, early punk rock. There wasn't even there wasn't, you know, there was maybe a couple of bands. People had some ideas, and they thought that uh, they thought that it was going to be great. But a lot of people didn't have really talent. But right. you didn't need talent, you know. You just needed kind of a lot of attitude. And we were talking about that, like the screamers came in, and uh, and and people were kind of crowding around to see him. And they noticed like there was no guitars, uh, and it was like a drummer and two keyboards. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of like how the, the scene was just that, uh, for lack of a better term, alternative, and just that new that like sort of we were laying down foundation for anything brand new to happen. Right, like, it wasn't it wasn't like a guitar thing. It was a, really people had just lost a lot of hope, and music kind of 
sucked. Like the the the, the glam scene was like fucked. Uh, you know, and people were like on the tail end of like T-Rex and David Bowie, that was like the closest thing we could get to like obscure, kind of dangerous, you know, rock and roll on the on the on the cusp, on the edge. That was that was as close as people could get. But um but then there was nothing, you know, nothing more to follow it up with yet. Just yet. You know, the Ramones I think were just starting. But um, you know, here in LA we didn't we didn't really have anything. And so like the Screamers had started and and then some other uh and other bands like Black Randy was around, and the um, the plugs, and you know the plugs and the gears, and and uh, a lot of different, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, uh, I don't think the circles just were around yet, but um, just early, you know, early, it was just that fresh of a scene. We were talking about that earlier. Kind today. of proto punk, even before it's even punk rock. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Kind of no wave. Yeah, like right. no wave. No wave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It was like new wave. Pop, ska, reggae, <laughs> punk, hardcore, and then there was no way. Yeah, you know, you saw that movie *Decline of Western Civilization*. Of course, yes, I even saw the <laughs> the, the second shit. one, which was, was all about glam rock. Something you was uh, you had to say. It's, uh, you were afraid they were going to kick you out the party, and they wouldn't give you coke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was some funny shit, but it was true. It was true, <laughs> you know. So, tell us about how you got into music. First of all, why don't you give us a little memory lane? Tell us how this this came about. Peligro? Yeah. Peligro. Uh, you know what? Actually, honestly, I was in uh, San Francisco and I've been playing drums forever, and I've been playing guitar off and on. And a friend of mine gave me. I was like, "Hey, man, how do you how do you do you know do this thing with the guitar?" And and he was like, "This is an A. Uh, this is an E. Uh." Here, fucking write a song. And he, gave me, he gave me a guitar, just like that. I was like, wow. And I just kind of, it just came natural to me, man, you know, just to play. I already kind of been plunking around on it. Yeah. But, you know, drums and everything came pretty natural for me anyway. But, but you know, just, just, um, guitar wise, I wanted to write more songs and it was harder to do from behind a drum kit. Uh -huh. So, and I would have these visions of songs and uh and i would have to tell everybody how to do it and i figured it'd be easier if you just kind of learn how to play guitar and, and i already can i knew how to sing so right so um uh i just started doing that and um uh it started out with like a band called the halations we were we were mayday halations and uh um and then it became al sharpton's hair which is the greatest, <laughs> the greatest name. I'm, I'm doing research earlier, right? And I'm like checking out. I'm like, all right, Halations. I get that. The Al Sharpton's hair. That's the greatest fucking name for a band I ever heard yeah. in my life. I think we actually got that name from Jello Biafra. We were, we were asking him about names, and uh, he, he, he threw chocolate dinosaur and Al Sharpton's hair. <laughs> he had Al Sharpton's hair in his back yeah, pocket yeah, for a rainy day. He's like, here, yeah. I've been, yeah, yeah, I've been yeah. sitting on this one. Here, take this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is for you. This fits you. And so, you know, yeah, I just put, a couple of chords together and uh it was actually two chicks in the band and we just kind of played around san francisco and, that, and when i came here it was different incarnations we were uh i was in the chili peppers out of the chili peppers and when we did al sharpton hair al sharpton's hair we were more of a more of like a funky thrash kind of band mm -hmm. and then it became back full circle into peligro and uh I, I recorded a record up in san francisco and then we started doing peligro again with that and then we started doing some of the same songs and and it's just been me with different incarnations of guys, you know. But this is the best band I've had up to date. You know, Rod Diaz, fucking Thank killing you. it. There you go, Rod. <laughs> All it. right. Killing it. He did some gig today at some festival today. and uh, Yeah. And uh, he lived to tell the tale, and he's here with us today. <laughs> <laughs> and Santi, where'd you find Santi at? 
Uh, some whorehouse in Argentina. The funny thing is, like, like a we, short story. we have our own Argentinian drummer. He's behind you right there, oh. Rene Bravo. This is our buddy. And he comes walking up. I said, where are you from? He said, Argentina. And then Rene said, me too. And no, boom. No, but I, I heard. And they're from, both drummers. But he's from Argentina, but your parents are Chilean, right? And I'm from Chile. So. See, that's crazy, man. Yeah, we, all, we also found Rene in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> that's called serendipity. Look yeah. at that. Look what happened there. You can, so, find, you can find me in any Brazilian whorehouse. Because <laughs> yeah, they got the ass, right? Brazilians got the ass. That's the thing. Good Lord almighty, the Brazilians got the ass, don't they? Yeah. That should be illegal, the ass. girlfriend the out there, she knows what's out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a soundproof door, don't worry. No, it's not a big ass gap. That's the butt. <laughs> that's the butt. No, no, see, that's the butt. That's, that's the what butt. that says. That's the butt. <laughs> it's just the boys having some fun. That's right. We're just having a good time. So, yeah, so. It's, you know, we've just been doing that for, for a while. And, uh, and um, you know, we recorded a couple of, uh, we recorded a couple of albums. And we got some um, new stuff that we're going to be doing here soon. You got a Grammy yeah. nomination for the uh, for, for Purple Haze, Haze right? Purple Haze, yeah. We were just listening to it. Nomination, earlier, nomination. nomination. I don't, you know. It's, hey, it's better to get the Grammy. Than sure, just get <laughs> but if you got the Grammy, you yeah. would have had to fist fight Kanye West. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you know, because yeah. he would have been like, "No, no, no Beyonce no. can do a better, no. better version." <laughs> Trust me, get off the stage, Th. <laughs> right, right. Beyonce's gonna come up and do Purple Haze right now. Right, fucking Kanye West. <laughs> And look at Taylor Swift now. Yeah. Look at her. <laughs> she's, she's, she's putting fucking, it down. She's fucking spearheading yeah. the, the, the movement. Like, she you know, is. You know what? Y'all should get off of uh, Spotify. Spotify. You know, um, fuck she's iTunes. even fighting Apple now. I'm not gonna be, yeah. <laughs> I like that. And, you know, well, Apple's just biting Spotify. Yeah. That's kind of... That, right, right, right? Yeah. And that's kind of... That's kind of like how punk rock was in the early days. It's like, you know, we were like, no, we're not selling out to you motherfuckers so you can make all the money. It was like we figured out how to do distribution deals back in the day. Yeah. So you would save your money, work hard, whatever kind of jobs we had, or save whatever money we could from gigs, record our own stuff, mix and master it, put it out ourselves, and then create enough interest. And then, you know, labels will come along and we sign a deal with them for distribution mm -hmm. for X amount for a couple of years. And if they weren't doing their job after a couple of years, then, you know, what? It, um, it's, it's open for option. We can, you know, they don't re-opt it. We can lease it out. And, and you owned your masters. Money. You guys owned all your yeah. stuff. Yeah, you you weren't go. selling it out. You yeah. weren't saying, okay, yeah, we got a deal here. Right. So now we're going to, you you own our masters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the same uh the same thing that's happened with podcasting. You just buy the gear, set it up, get going, and then hopefully you attract an audience and you attract some sponsors and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, too, man, so many so many musicians are, are so quick to give away their music, you know, just to get it out there. And that's great. But, I mean, it's like still, you probably work pretty hard to do your music. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work and just getting to rehearsal and getting them, keeping everything together and keeping all the band together. Um, you don't want to just give it away. I mean, you... you um, you know, uh, those laws that they got are so old and fucked up for uh, for musicians and artists. Right. Like, like they're 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 based on a on a twenty five cent or twenty five cent piano law. Like, you know, like you can play the piano, you can play the piano and get the sheet music and get the shit for twenty five cents. But um, people are 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 able to um, to just get your get your music basically for free and and uh, and. And uh, this guy, Aloe Black, is kind of working to have a coalition of people that will go to D.C. Smart musicians will go to D.C. and like sort of get these laws changed so we can uh, so we can have our so, you know, the Internet radio can't just 
take our music and play it whenever they want. Yeah. You know? I mean, I wonder how much people are getting paid in royalties when it only costs you $7 to be on Spotify and I can listen to an entire library of music. There can't be a lot of royalty yeah, there to yeah, even yeah. pay out. Yeah. yeah. You know. Sand, fair play, yeah. first stream. Yeah. Which is nothing. I mean, it's yeah, and you figure that it, you can't be making any money. It's not yeah, like the old days. The old days are definitely gone. That's robbery. Yeah, straight robbery. No, especially for like up and coming artists. Like, yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit about uh, the beginning for you. How, what were you doing before DK? Before DK, uh, I was playing in a band called the Speed Boys. I just joined a band called the SSI, which was one of my first bands. Which you probably. I've read a little bit about that in my book. In your book. And what when is your book called? Let's let's give the book a plug because we love the book. We have the book on the table and it's signed by you right there. We awesome. so we, we found you somewhere before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had to yeah. sign that. I got that at uh, West Hollywood. You were doing a reading with uh, Jack Grisham. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, nice, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I was there with uh, oh, yeah. Jack Grisham of TSOL, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so tell us uh, so how do you get into the Dead Kennedys? Now, at the time, how what year was it? 81 you got in? It was it was around eighty actually it was nineteen eighty okay it was nineteen eighty I'd been playing actually for a few years in like I said I started with the SSI which was my introduction to punk rock and punk music kind of period because uh-huh. I was still kind of like trying to feel my way around I'm a little kid from St Louis I'm sleeping in a van so I was already punk rock I'm sleeping in my van <laughs> yeah. like huddling around my drum kit yeah. you know because that's all I had was drum kit and some stinky clothes and. And uh, I think I was a bicycle messenger or something like that. And um, and um, so I, I meet these guys in the alley, and they one dude's like all decked out. He looks just like Joe Strummer. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, he's got the he's just all decked out. Man. It's going he's Joe got, Strummer lookalike. Got, well, no, no, he actually I think he had the look kind of more. Uh, well, from what I understand, he had the look first, like the latter Joe Strummer look. But um. But I meet this guy Paul, and they have they have a punk rock band. They need a drummer, and they invite me in. They start turning me on the music, and I was like, "What is that?" And and I started opening my mind a little bit and started listening to what it was. And it was like Ramones, Television, uh, UXA, um, Radio Birdman, uh, you know, Iggy Pop. You know, and I already had an Iggy record, but um, just all you know, a lot of a lot of just brand, brand, music that was brand new to me. Yeah, you know, and um. Um, and I was like, sign me up, a man. And I, you know, I started playing with those guys, and and then I then later joined the Speed Boys, and um, a bunch of little garage bands in San Francisco. Um, we did the Speed Boys, and and I actually played with uh, 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 uh the Aliens, which was uh, Rocky Rocky Erickson and the Aliens, his band, Rocky Erickson and Thirteen Floor Elevators. Mm-hmm. He had a band called the Aliens, and. And all the all, he was in jail for like a seed of weed or something in Texas that yeah. just put you away, and, uh, and and the rest of his band was out still playing. I played with them for a while for a couple of gigs, and you know just you know just San Francisco, just hanging out, man, meeting people and talking, and like everybody, the scene was really open. People were really friendly. There was not a lot of racism. You know, people hmm. were like, you know, you know, I it was you know, of course, it was the gay capital of the world. Like, you know, it was a lot more acceptance in that city, sure. you know, and, and that was a kind of a great springboard to start from, you know. And that's why um, uh, Dead Kennedys is probably so political because, like, most people were active at Berkeley is right there. Sure. You know, people were not really super complacent and, and wanting to sit around and wait for stuff to happen. They, they like, took change to City Hall. They took change to the Golden Gate Bridge. They protested 
all the time. You know, and that started from the hippie days to to uh, the punk days. It got a little more aggressive to the Reagan years. Yeah. And on and on. And did you run into any of that racism when you came to the L.A. scene? When you come down here, when you go touring with, with Dead Kennedys? Um, no, but what we did run into here was uh, the total police state. Yeah. Total police state. Daryl Gates, I believe, was in the office. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and this punk rock thing was brand new, and it was a threat to society. They took it as a threat. They took it as, like... They took it as like like we're like cultural terrorists or something, you know, like like they didn't want us uh, in their city, you know, they didn't want us poisoning their kids. But tons of kids came out, and there at any given show, any DK show, some TSOL shows, we did a show with TSOL, DKs, DOA, and a bunch of other punk bands, and in Wilmington, and the cops just come in and were full riot gear. Um, tear gas through the windows. The whole night it was so cloudy you couldn't see or breathe. And they were just beating people. They were just beating people because sure. wow. it was because it was a you know a gathering of people, and uh, they didn't they didn't know that we were just trying to fucking create a scene and have some play some music and have fun and enjoy ourselves alternatively, you know. Um, and a lot of times, other promoters of other clubs would call the cops on us because we wouldn't, you know, they didn't book punk shows or or we wouldn't do punk shows with them. You know, like Bill Graham was infamous for that in San Francisco. He, he'd call, you know, like, we, we, we did shows at this place called um, Temple Beautiful, which was like, that was the actual uh, place where Jim Jones would have meetings where all the people would come wow. out. That was the that was the place yeah. where like uh uh you know where you know you took all the people to Guyana, they drank the Kool Aid. Right, right. And they you know they died. The biggest mass drug. suicide in the history yeah. of the world. Yeah. Mass suicide, right? Yeah. So nobody wanted to touch us. So we're we're frisky punk rockers. We had shows there every week. Like the Clash <laughs> played there for three fifty, three dollars and fifty cent. Clash played there, Dills, Plugs, Mutants, X, Go Go's, everybody, you know. Crime, SBT, X. It was just, we, there wasn't a lot of places to play, so that was the perfect venue, you know? We didn't um, think about the negative vibe or the negative consequences it had. It was just uh, kind of a place to play. But yeah. I think that, uh, my opinion is that punk rock scared the police state because, especially when you get into, like, intelligent punk rock, right? Like, you get into the political stuff like DK, and, and they're... they're they're singing, you know, Governor Jerry Brown, my aura smiles and never frowns, right? Yeah. And, and, I mean, I still I hear that today, and he's the fucking governor. Again. Yeah, you're right. Like, Holy yeah. shit, the yeah. fuck's governor again? I'm listening to this, this shit in the car. I'm like, what, Jerry Brown? He is the governor, man. You know, and, and there was some real political stuff and some deep, meaningful shit when I was a kid. That angsty period, you're going, man, this is it right here. This is the stuff. And I think the first album I ever heard, punk rock album, it was Fear Live for the record. I remember I stole the albums actually. A guy had had some tweaker at some pad had. Clucked off a bunch of, of see, it, they were tapes at the time, tapes. and I stole yeah, the tapes. tapes for sure. I stole the whole bag of tapes and went home, and I'm like, I don't know any of this music. <laughs> and it was like Bad Religion, Fear Live for the Record, Dead Kennedy's Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. And I listened to them nonstop, and I said, That's it, I'm a punk rocker. This is it. And I shaved my head into a mohawk, and I, and that was it, you know, it, that was the, the, uh, the springboard in, into punk rock, and I stayed there for a long time. So, you know, t- the, the, you were also in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So what happened? How did you, when you but got let, through... Let me take it back a little bit. Go ahead. Um, there were some, um, you know, as much as the scene was open, there were still little pockets. Like, in San Francisco wasn't, you know, like, people were pretty accepting. Like, pockets out here, they were, like, little factions of groups that people had sort of developed, like, um, because they didn't want to get beat up by cholos, and they were sort of taken as 
as sort of racist groups, sure. you know, and, yeah. they, and, they, and they, and sometimes they would fight the wrong people, you know, and, and so that was, it was, it was, it was very clicky in a sense in, in LA, but like earlier on, it, it, you know, playing at the Hong Kong Cafe, it wasn't like, because the SSI played there and Madame Wong's and, and, and the whiskey, it was, you know, it was not as clicky. It was, it was, you know, when you get more out, out further in Orange County and shit like that, it just kind of got a little more, um, more segregated, and then people started coming up with their, their favorite bands, and then they'd go see their favorite bands, and then they actually start trashing the clubs, and, and the police got really pissed off too. And it was about the intelligence of, because uh, we wanted people to fucking wake up and like sort of be a part of something and do something and think for yourself. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, and, and 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 right, and some of the police took, you know, they were they were just. They, they they couldn't deal with that as as well as like the the massive crowds of people. They were just it was just uh, fuck man. Oh my just heart my heart is racing because I just remember getting the shit beat out of me by the cops and uh, and I had to play a show the next day and it was just like that was just kind of the way it was. Well, know? we have a little saying around here. We like to say fuck the police as often fuck as possible. <laughs> so we actually did a whole show about fuck the police. We, we're not big fans of the police, that's for sure. And yeah, I'm not sure if you notice they're still beating people up. <laughs> they're still... Yeah. Well, now they're just... They're just going to killing motherfuckers uh, yeah. right off the yeah. bat yeah. now. Yeah. You know what? He's running. Kid, shoot him! Shoot him! <laughs> <laughs> I'm fat as fuck. I can't chase him. Shoot that motherfucker. <laughs> right. That's what's happening nowadays. Yeah. So... But, but that's been happening for a long time. It's just that people have more cameras and it's more yeah. brought to the public eye right now. And people are like, you know, tired of that shit. Yeah, know? definitely. Like people are tired of getting fucking shot by the cops. Yeah. For no fucking reason. And they should be fucking oh, yeah, tired of being, be tired. Of being you know, shot any, by the anybody, cops. Anybody. Any fucking yeah. body. And, you know, but it's, it's like, you know, the prison systems are filled up with, uh, with African-Americans. And, you know, it's only 20 6% of the population. And it's just, it's fucking... It's crazy, man. Well, for minor drug crimes, most of them are locked up for minor drug crimes. They're, they're locked up for, I mean, the, the mandatory minimums on crack cocaine are absolutely ridiculous. They've been reduced now to, it's 18 to 1 where it used to be 100 to 1. But even the reduction still puts you, I mean, I could, here's how racist the law is, right? Now, the white guy's going to have a bird of cocaine, right? Maybe the white guy, maybe the paisa who brought it here, right? Because the shit don't come from Canada. So you're going to get a powder cocaine, I'm going to do five years, right? If I got the same amount of crack cocaine, I'm going to do 50 fucking years. And that's not, you know, that's definitely racist. And, uh, you know, we, we're definitely, uh, we're advocates for reducing mandatory minimums, abolishing mandatory minimums, and changing the way that the police are operate in this country. There's no oversight and... Uh, and if you, you know, episode 13 of ours, if you listen to it, you'll hear us ranting and screaming about the police. And we got on and we were really pissed off. And we, we stood up for uh, for the voice of the people who aren't being hurt, you know. And that's what happened in Baltimore. That's people who weren't being hurt. So, yeah. You know. Baltimore, that whole fucking Confederate flag has got to go. And we just it. talked about it. This has it. been a crazy Woo! week. This has been a, this yeah. has been actually a good week. Go with it. You know? We just talked about it. But the the pre-end into this interview the, was talking about it. The, the Confederate flag is coming down. Like the, the 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 racist jackoff who shot um, and killed poor uh, seven innocent people in the yeah. church. You know, after he prayed and had um, Bible school with them. Uh, I don't know what's happening with him, but what was what was what was kind of dope is like. They just forgave him. The, the, the whole family forgave him, and the whole family. And that takes a lot of the sting out of like, like what does the guy say when it's like, you know, I just killed all these people in the church, and like his faith, the look on his face was priceless when he, he was just like, he didn't know what to do, or what to think when he when they were just like, you know what, we we're we're of the faith, you know, and religion, 
instigates a lot of stuff. Yes, it does. You know, not big fans of it. No, no, not really. But um, you know, if if they can, if more people would walk the walk instead of just talking the talk, you know, um, um, shit, the world be a better place. And you find people walking the walk in poor poor communities. You find people walking the walk who have been oppressed, right? Mm -hmm. Because they that's what they're using to get through life. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to have those. And so the, the rich white folks around here are not. That's where that this Christian right wing shit comes from. It doesn't come from Black Southern Baptists. That's not where it's coming from. It comes from the ba- Southern Baptist Coalition, which is all right. rednecks. You know what I mean? That's where that that all the shit that we have in our policy comes from. Yeah. It's all negative, you know. And now, well, here's a here they might cry about this, but I can marry a dude if I want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to I'm not cool. I'm not. I'm all right with that. But if I wanted to, I could. And I think that's another win. It's all rainbows yeah, and yeah. butterflies from here. Yeah, that's right. I'm down with people having the right to have same-sex marriage, man. Yeah. Why not? Why shouldn't you be miserable? I'm happy. <laughs> right? That's kind of the point, right? Uh, yeah. I posted a thing the other day on our, on our Facebook page that said, uh, now, you know, there's some gay guy somewhere going, damn, now I got to marry this motherfucker? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was a party. Now it's like, ah. Oh. Yeah, it was all just fucking in football yeah. games. Yeah. Now yeah. we got to get married? Yeah. Yeah. Ikea and shit? <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> I got a question for you. We went around and answered this, and uh, I think it'd be interesting to get your perspective on it. Is when you see the Confederate flag, what do you think? Uh, what images does that bring into your mind when you see that? Number one, I'm scared. I think of slavery. I think of oppression. I think of uh, they were talking about how they fight, how we fought to keep this. The, the uh, we fought to keep this flag. I know some more bullshit, but <laughs> but 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 but, it, but the deal with that is. They were fighting to keep that flag up, but they were also fighting. But the number one thing was to keep people enslaved. Very good. Right. The very first thing, that was the first thing. So we can keep these people as slaves. We can keep them picking our cotton, picking our fruit, and and uh, and we won't have to pay for it. And we'll just have total profit. You know, we'll make 2 million percent profit. You know, that that's one of the first things that come to mind. And the second thing is just like rednecks with guns and drinking beer and like <laughs> yeah. the NRA, yeah. who, who, are, who are like the, the fuckers who are, who are uh, the ones who, who want that, you know, who want who pretty much in the pockets of, of the, the slave trading fuckers who, uh, who want that flag to still be um, flying freely in the first place. Right. You know? Yeah. So uh, that's, that's one of the first thing, first three things and oppression. I said oppression. I'll say it again. Um, uh, uh, there's just a, there's just a lot of injustice that goes along with that that flag, I think. And I was talking to a guy in the store, and like this guy was a country legend, and I knew him, and and I was just saying hi to him, how you doing, blah blah. blah. And um, and he turns around, and he has the, the Confederate flag on, and I'm just like, uh, I don't want to be the jerk to tell you to take that fucking flag off your head, but at the same time, it was it was just so offensive to me. That um, but I, I, we have to sort of rise above and have compassion for that. But um, at the same time, we have to bring awareness to that because he does. You know, um, maybe he's just been wearing it for years and it's commonplace. Like uh-huh. you know, uh, he just doesn't know any better. But uh, right. if if it takes, you know, I give him a pass the first time, but um, surely the next time I'll, I'll just you know kind of say something to him because we're on that level, right? You know, and. Um, and now is not the time to be in fear of what people think of you because you have an opinion. No, absolutely not. You know, and it's uh, it's unfortunate that 
there are Southern people that that feel like that flag is a part of their their history, you know what I mean, their right. culture. But you're leaving out how it makes other people feel. We need some empathy in the world here, you know. Right, right, just because right. it means one thing to me doesn't. It, and you just right. ask the man what it means to him. If he drives down the street and sees the flag, he's looking up, going, "I'm afraid now." Oh. You know, it's fe- anything that strikes fear into the hearts of somebody else should be banished, abolished. Gone. Right, and it's, it's. I mean, it should should not be like a national flag, like waving above the Capitol building. Exactly. I, mean, I think of like the KKK. I think yeah. of uh, lynchings. I think of, uh, just, like I said, man, just a lot of injustice. I think of that stuff when I see that flag because it's just all pretty much associated with it. And that crazy weirdo. Anyway, I don't want to give them any more air time. But, yeah. yeah. They got yeah. enough. Well, yeah. that's, that's the thing is it's, is it's state-sponsored when it's flying above the state house. It's, it's state-sponsored. and that's you Well, know. it's saying – what is that flag? And we, we said it already, and I, I won't stay on it long. But that flag comes with another – Slogan and the slogan is always the South will rise the again. South will rise. Right. The South is not gonna fucking rise again. Yeah. It's not gonna rise again. Here, I got a message. You lost the war. Right. Get over it. Try and make you know, it rise again, motherfucker. Watch what happens. Right. <laughs> it's not rising again, not and we're not gonna rising. let it rise again. No. So yeah, it's just it's uh, asinine. So. Tell us, take us back to some music, man. Tell us okay. about your experience with with DK, and then the transition when you when you got out of DK, and then you went to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We're in California. We love the Red Hot Chili Peppers in mm-hmm. California, man. They're, they're, they're California's uh, the 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 theme song to California mm-hmm. is every Red Hot Chili Pepper song ever written. So, <laughs> well, that's because they say California in all their songs. <laughs> they do yeah, say California right, yeah. in their well, songs a lot. Well, before we get into that, what about the Jungle Studs? Oh, Jungle Studs, man. That was that was one of those um, groups that that. Uh, I started playing guitar, and this guy, Tony, came up with it. He was like, hey, man, let's start this band. We want to be like this. And then we grabbed Steve from Flipper, Fred, uh, Woody from Slug Lords, and just a bunch of other guys from around the scene and just kind of put together that band. And it was just, we wanted to do something so different. I think Prince was popular at the time. We tried to be like Prince, but we were so left, far left of the mark. That it, it just came out in in our music and and uh, we 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 were just having some fun doing yeah you, it, you can know? tell it, it you was just tell. it was just fun and just to do something different it did not be so kind of stuck in a punk rock mold yeah you know let's talk to some of these guys all right, right talk to these guys <laughs> all right Santi what do you got to say you got anything to say <laughs> look at him he's like uh, uh we're like, gonna what, talk what, to what, me. What? <laughs> <laughs> What um as Rod D is what was he what what, what was he doing um earlier today that? yeah what were we doing earlier I today, was Rod? playing at the punk rock picnic in Long Beach ah ah oh the punk rock picnic yeah yeah oh right, who was that who was on that bill uh, I don't Go really ahead. remember everybody but I think it was well so, I I played with Rick Thorne and the ex members were playing and I don't there was like a four stages and I maybe like. Two million bands, so I don't really remember. Yeah. Oh, sorry, oh, it's probably still going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that the thing with like discharge and all those bands? Yeah, like everybody. Yeah, the punk rock uh, pick is a big deal. Man. The thing is, yeah, I didn't yeah. really like get to see any other band. Right, I right. just like played and threw my stuff in the car and drove over right. here. <laughs> so, that's, that's kind of the deal with festivals sometimes. Yeah, you kind of get there and you're like just tired. And you can play and do your thing, and either you can. If you play early enough in the day, you can hang out if you want to all day. But usually, sometimes you got to go to the next yeah. city or whatever. Yeah, you guys are pulling a double header tonight, huh? Mm. You, I am you, at least. Well, and DH was you were doing a signing or a reading, yeah, a reading, yeah. Right. And we're excited to have you in town. Reading, you guys signing, Q and A, all that. Because we got to take the punk rock to Malibu. Them rich kids, they need to know what's <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Like, they got to get got, in touch with their angst. They, yeah. <laughs> 
My all, Beamer's got, got a all, flat. Yeah, they got all the money in the world, but they are so like. Some of them are pretty knowledgeable about punk rock, and some of them they're just curious. They're like, "Wow, we never knew that." Like, uh, it was it it was for this. We thought it was just a bunch of loud oppressive. It was uh, kind of like an awakening. Abrasive, abrasive, yeah. Like, yeah. When they talk to you, and they're like, "Wow, you're kind of smart." Like. We thought punk rockers were just Neanderthals. So. Yeah, no, not at all. Like, and we were just talking about the guys from Bad Religion who all have some major, major degrees, fucking degrees yeah. master's right, right, degrees yeah. and shit, yeah. They're all, and they're all like MDAs professors and, yeah. and shit. Yeah, they're, one guy, oh, yeah. does he teach at UCLA or USC? Yeah, yeah UCLA. UCLA, yeah. You know, it's funny, most of the most of the people that I know that are involved with punk rock are actually there, most of, most of them are bright mm-hmm. individuals. Yeah. Yeah, ask Escalante. Thank you. He's, a, he's a lawyer, isn't he? <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. He's a lawyer show. And, and there's a lot of, I mean, it's, a lot of it's political and a lot of it comes from, it has to have good thought behind it or it's not going to be good music. You know That's what right, I mean? Yeah, yeah definitely. Have to listen to, be to it and be like, yeah, all right, I, I'm getting what they're saying. You know, like even Rage Against the Machine, those guys, that's all super political and mostly focused on certain issues, you know. But if you've ever actually listen to the story of Leonard Peltier that they're always talking about. Yeah. It's a really fucked up story, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and those yeah, guys yeah. are, they're, they're putting it down for, for a certain cause. Mm-hmm. So, so tell us about the Red Chili Peppers, man. Uh, the Chili Peppers, man, they were just, uh, there's a reason we're asking. <laughs> See, <laughs> me, well, me, me and him have been, uh, off the sauce for a decade or so. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we, 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 I was reading some stuff and I wanted to see how much you want to talk about, about the end of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, the end for you. The, yeah, I was kind of talking about that earlier today too. Um, well, those, well, number one, those guys have always been my my friends. Whenever they come up to San Francisco, and uh, um, and so we we just you know developed this relationship, and it was and it was it revolved around like a little bit of drugs, a little bit of partying, a lot of drinking, and uh, dope. Coke, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know. Yeah. And so, and, and basically, we kind of stopped doing all that, and uh, I didn't, and you know, in time. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it was probably it was probably just as well that I was not in that band because you know, like the the record that I was working on, Mother's Milk, Mother's Milk. Yeah, yeah. we were, every they came in, it was just like, here's a million dollars, here's a million dollars, here's a million dollars, you know. And I, and I was not. I was not really spiritually centered. You were in no position to accept a million dollars. To like, uh, not fucking just take that million dollars and shoot it up my arm. Or something, yeah, you know. Yeah, it would have been. It would. It would have been crazy. I could. I, I, I'd rather be poor or just barely making it or whatever. However, I'm. I'm doing all right. I think. Uh, then be dead. Then be dead. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's, yeah, there's definitely times in my life where if you handed me a million dollars, I would be dead within three days. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it is everybody's. You, you know, different people grow have growth at different times, and you, you know, when you hit a bottom, you hit a bottom, and you're ready to rise. It's like you're ready to rise. And the thing is, too, like, I probably would have, I probably wouldn't be able to put my heart and soul into the, this book, which is called Dreadnought, King of, of Afro Punk. You can get it on Amazon.com or you can go on DeadKennedys.com and check out the link. Or go, you can follow us on uh, DH Peligro on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Peligro the Band is the website. And you can you can catch Santiago at www.santiguardiola.com. That's my website or mm-hmm. uh, Facebook is Santi Guardiola. It's super weird, my last name. We will post. Uh, what we'll do is I'll grab all those links and I'll post them on our page so that everybody who's listening can hop over to our page and they'll have links right to your stuff. Wherever I was too. Yeah. 
Yeah, whatever. Um, you leave that for me, okay? And I'll yeah, make sure, I'll sure. I'll make sure we get, we get that on up. the base dot com. Yeah. <laughs> if you're yeah, single, yeah, but uh, you know, I would rather female. people buy the book because um, I wasn't all that big of a fan of books, but when I started, when I started to write this, I started reading a bunch of stuff like Motley Crue and Malcolm X and just anything I could get, and it was just like you know, pe- uh, the the biography and bi- biographies of people and memoirs of people's lives, and I was like. Oh wow! You know what? I do have a story to tell, and I have these southern roots that come from blues, and which was the beginning of first rock and roll. Sure. And then I started getting into punk rock, which springboarded a whole nother series of rock and roll. So it's like my ancestor kind of started rock and roll, and I had a, I had a hand in in uh, creating the punk movement, which is basically rock. Yeah. Punk rock. You know. So there's two kind of awakenings there. And my my um my my uncle Sam, his father was uh, Robert Nighthawk, which was the the very first guy to play slide guitar ever. Like Muddy Waters kind of picked it up from him. And right. He was like he was nobody nobody was doing that. And like he 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 was you know he's not he's known and uh, people know him through the South, but he's you know he's not like he didn't make records like Muddy Waters because you know some of them guys. You know, because of whatever their conditions were. You know, a lot of guys they just play because they just love to play blues music anyway. Yeah. And they wouldn't. They number one, they wouldn't leave their fucking house for fear of like racist, fucking rebel flag waving fools. <laughs> and 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 there was only certain places they could go. Really, they really. I mean, you you weren't allowed in the front door of any hotel. You you can you 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 could go in the back if you, especially if you worked there. But most places you couldn't, you could, you just couldn't go out and uh, do anything. So music was the solace, and 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 you know music in the gospel and church. And, and one thing about church, even though you know I'm not religious or anything, I did when I when I would go to church. It was kind of common. It was a wild scene to see all these ladies with these hats and fans <laughs> and like wigs, ah! just screaming. And it was it was a scene. It was like a scene. Like and and some of the most beautiful singers I've ever heard in my entire life, man. Just there every Sunday, you know, eating chicken and singing songs. Doing gospel <laughs> music. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and the Mississippi Delta is where we get rock and roll from, no matter, no, no matter, yeah, yeah, no matter what anybody says, right? You, you can say it came from uh, England or Led Zeppelin brought it here. No, no, they didn't. No, Clapton <laughs> came here, stole everything, went yeah. back there, yeah. played it, and they said Clapton is God. Yeah. No, uh, asshole. Uh, the guy sitting on the porch in the rocket chair yeah. is God. Clapton stole that shit. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what happens. And his name was Sam Carr. <laughs> <laughs> or Robert Johnson. Uh, or, Johnson you know. or yeah, any yeah, one of them, yeah. and it's a pretty. I mean, that's a killer statement to be able to make. Say, yeah, my grandfather taught Muddy Waters to play the slide guitar. Yeah. Right, right. But that's a that's a statement not many people can make. Hey, you know, right? and I didn't I didn't really even realize that through all the punk rock hoopla and all that stuff. I, I when I started writing the book, I kind of went back and I had to trace the roots. And my aunt was still alive, and she started. And she was, I think she knew she was dying, so she was just talk and talk and talk and talk. So I got a lot of a lot of information from her. And uh, put that stuff down in the book, and uh, a lot of stuff that I just didn't know or remember as a kid, she sparked the memory for a lot of it. Yeah, and even the, I mean, even the blues that we have, the, the original blues comes from, you know, I took some classes on music and stuff. It comes from call and response in the field. So when when yeah. when the slaves would sing, they would sing one line here, and the guy in the next row would sing the next line. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't sound like music. You, you don't understand how that's call and response, but you go to the blues and you got. And then, boom, the response comes from somebody's voice, and it goes back to the to the beat. So it's really just call and response that came from it was how the slaves communicated in the in the fields. So uh-huh. really, we have 
we have black culture to thank for rock and roll in the first place, right? I mean, that's... and that came from like uh, Africa, people, people playing drums. Yeah, you know, on one part of the town, and like signal, sending a signal, like, hey, the, the, the sooth, the Houthis are coming. Yeah, you know, not the Houthis, but <laughs> <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> you know, somebody, else, some other tribe is coming, or this is happening, or da da da. You know, yeah. and and actually, I've heard it like in. Sex Pistol submissions. Call and respond. It's like a kick back beat. And, and so many other bands are like, uh, one guy be singing, another guy singing. You know what I mean? Call and response, call and response. And it just, it just, it's a circle, man. It's a circle. Yeah. It's a good circle. So you guys are going to play tonight at PK's Roadhouse in Lake Elsinore, California, right? We're all Lake Elsinore locals, hometown guys, and uh, we're stoked to have you guys in town. Our our buddy Chuck called me up. He's like, I hope it goes well, man. I want this thing to go well, and he's throwing punk nights. He's out there hustling, trying to get good punk rock here. I mean, we have our local bands that we love and support, but we'd like to see a scene develop out here. The Inland Empire has been this quiet little... Uh, section for a long time where we haven't had any culture, we haven't had anybody to come here and and actually you know put it down for us. So we're real, we're grateful for you guys to even come out this way. You know, I know it's a long drive for you. Yeah, like, we've yeah. always had the punk rock you know vibe and the scene here. We just never had the punk rock come to us. <laughs> <laughs> right. We did in the nineties. Yeah. We had yeah. the the barn or in uh, we had oh, some shit in Riverside. A long time ago. We, we had the showcase theater. Yeah, where you, showcase theater. We had gutter yeah. We had gutter yeah, and yeah, vandals yeah. here once. Right? We did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For for a little while we had them here, but but they didn't really. It, nobody comes back. That's the thing. So we hope that it goes well for you guys <laughs> and you come back. There can be a bit of violence in the Inland Empire occasionally. That might happen occasionally. But I think that's behind us. That's good. Hopefully that doesn't. Violence. Nothing wrong with a little violence, right? No. Just gotta throw a little sex in it. As long as there's sex in there. As long as there's sex in there, then it's a song. It's not even. <laughs> really a problem you know <laughs> so here's the deal renee had some musical questions he wanted to ask what did you want to ask man can you think of anything that you wanted to ask now you're sitting here well go ahead there's a microphone speaking hey, of the up? microphone renee speaking yeah. of the microphone. <laughs> well like he was saying we have a little scene there there's a i've been playing out here for most of my life i've been playing drums since got two drummers here um and there's a lot of actually it's funny because you're seeing a lot of young Three kids coming here. up you know, and uh, three, <laughs> and you know, a lot of a lot of young kids coming up, wanting to get back in the scene. You know, wanting to start playing the instruments. And I actually I teach a couple kids drums and stuff. And I was wondering, you guys have experience and stuff. What what are you? What would you tell a young man that's coming up, trying to whatever type of music, just music? What are good tips for them to keep going? Because a lot of kids just get, oh, I can't do that. I can't do this. And there's like, you need you need something to keep them going, and what what would you guys say to them? Great if, question. You know, right. what would you guys say to them? First, I will say you can, and second, I will say just don't give up. That's yeah. it. <laughs> no, first, there's no such thing as can't. There's uh, there's 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 you know uh, there's there's giving up, like Ross said. But you, there's no such thing as I can't. We can, if you get a bunch of people or a few people around you who are who are heading towards the same thing, or just start a band with somebody, or just keep staying true to yourself and keep playing, and uh, something will come out of it. If you keep putting that vibe out to the universe, it always comes back mm-hmm. tenfold. You know, if you just don't, you know, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself, and don't um, don't uh, be distracted by. Uh, 
any of the normalities of life, you know, set aside some time every day to where you can do your thing and let people know. I mean, there's like a billion megawatts of fucking social media. You can you can you can let people know that you're available and you want to play, and even if at a smaller level. And don't don't be afraid to take some chances and 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 try something different, you know. And surround yourself with good people. With good people. That's pretty much it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even have to be all that great of players, but they will develop over time yeah. as if as long as you know they're good people. Usually, um, like fuck, even Metallica and those guys weren't that great of a players when they first started, but you know they they stayed together and they kept working at it and they worked hard at it. And they came from um, they came a little bit later in the scene than than uh, we did, and uh, and. Uh, Look at them now, man. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing pretty well, yeah. man. They shut down Napster. They had they had the balls to shut down Napster. They must be doing all right. Yeah. All right, yeah. What do you got yeah. to say? Yeah, well, I would I would say uh, first of all, surround. Yeah, I agree with Ra. Surround yourself with friends, people, have fun playing. You know, just enjoy. Uh, I remember I was playing. If you don't have anybody to play with, just play along to records. You know, it's always have. You know, it's always fun to, you know, find your favorite musicians, your favorite style of music, play along. And if, let's say here, there are not a whole bunch of musicians that share the same, you know, like, uh, taste in music than you. Hey, look at Ra, look at me. He's from Chile, I'm from Argentina, we're up here playing music, you know. Go somewhere else where you can find uh, the musical scene that you like, you know. Just don't give up because there is nobody that likes the same music or it's about in the same age or you don't get along or whatever bullshit, you know, or just practice by yourself till you find people to jam with. But never stop playing music. Don't get like too focused on doing exercises, taking lessons, learning how to read. All that bullshit is cool. It's not bullshit, I'm just saying. All that is cool. It makes you better performer, a better player. You understand music better. But uh, at the end of the day, we don't have like shit paper when we're playing. You rock musicians, we just go by the field, you know, which is yeah. something that it's in your blood you gotta, you and, and it's adrenaline. Yeah. Adrenaline, exactly. And, you know, all that's cool, but don't get too into study, you know, just enjoy. Go out, play. Go out and feel the music. Yeah. So play music is what you guys are saying. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, and it's be aware that it's like a really, really long road and Tough. So you gotta be strong enough and uh -huh. don't get frustrated and shit like oh, that. Yeah, you're uh, gonna hit a lot of <clears throat> blocks and walls. It's not like you're gonna be the most amazing musician in like three fucking days, you know? Do you no, be no. aware that it's gonna take you a long time? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, uh, looking at it optimistically, we never know what a person's path is and we never know if it's gonna take them a long time or a short time. Some people get up there and, and, uh, and they're, you know, successful right away. Some, you know, it takes a uh, a year or you know uh, it, it it varies it varies for people yeah you it's just different never, for everybody you just never know it's different different for everybody, everybody. have different path mm -hmm. i think pretty much what you guys said sums up really anything in life in general just it's yeah. never it's never i can't surround yourself with the right people and just go for it mm -hmm. you know, don't give up yeah. what's the craziest experience you ever had in the punk rock scene what's the craziest thing that ever happened uh blowjob from a tranny he <laughs> <laughs> just silenced me. I was like, I, I, I had nothing to say. You want, you want to tell us about her? Name was Caitlin. Her name was Caitlin. <laughs> Did she wear her gold medals? She had to, yeah. <laughs> All right, I think she we'll close. <laughs> I think we'll close it out right now. Thank you very much, Dh Santi, Ra. Thank Thanks you guys so much. Us. Thanks for Thank coming. Death Threat Radio. Woo!
That's what's up. Thank you very much.